the Colby Daniels Podcast. I am joined by sports director of KOCO Channel 5, Brian Keating. Uh, Brian, wild few days in the college football world, specifically in Big 12 country. Uh, or, I mean, I don't even know if we're still calling it that. But uh, look, this has been a crazy turn of events over the last few days. And I, I think the interesting part of this is, you know, what remains. Certainly there's a lot of spotlight on Oklahoma and Texas and the move for those two schools, how they fit with the SEC. But, you know, what what they leave behind in terms of the Big 12 and what's next for the Big 12 conference schools, uh, I think is an interesting conversation. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously for Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, you can you turn on social media, you walk down the street, you talk to any of your friends. And I think, you know, the writing on cloud nine, I mean, there's just no question about it. And I think to some degree for good reason, we'll see how it works out as far as the money and the finances and the prestige and some of that, obviously for OU in Texas, what a, um, what a boon. I mean, for real, um, you look at, at some place like Oklahoma state, I think people listen to this podcast and, and listening to us, that'd be who they're concerned about. Uh, a lot of questions. I mean, a, a ton of questions. And, and where do they fit and how that will shake out? And it's hard for me to look at it any other way than potentially catastrophic. I mean, I, I think Oklahoma State will land soft somewhere because I think um, I think as far as football goes, people still watch their games. They have a tremendous fan base. They have unbelievable facilities. And that will be attractive somewhere. But it's not guaranteed, that's for sure. And so, um, you know, welcome to the job, Chad Weiberg. You've been athletic director <laughs> for about 10 days. And, right. and now it's blown. I mean, I mean seriously, yeah. you know, well, welcome to the you job, You can't Chad ask for Weiberg. a tougher start, right? No, there's just no way around it. You know, when he, he got in, he's thinking Big 12, how do we win conference championships? We want to compete for national championships. And now he's trying to figure out how they, they stay afloat in a major conference and um, for any OSU fan, it's just a little bit scary. Like I said, I, I think they'll fall on their feet and I think they'll fall softly because I think they are attractive, but there's no guarantee in that. I, I agree with you. I think there is value to Oklahoma state and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like they are Oklahoma or Texas no. because there's certainly a couple tiers below what those universities are, but I, I'm with you. I think they'll be fine. I, I think one thing I look at is the future of this conference, the future of college football. What are we headed towards? I've, I've always felt like super conferences were going to become the thing. It was just a matter of how long that took. Uh, it mm -hmm. kind of feels like this is the first domino of that process. Once again, I don't know that that means uh, we see super conferences in the next year, in the next two years, but I think this is the domino that's going to ultimately get us to that point, whether it's five years down the road or, you know, whatever that timeline ends up being. What, in your opinion, is the future of the Big 12 and Oklahoma State's fit in the Big 12? Because if you're Oklahoma State and they're calling together this meeting saying, all right, what are we going to do? Um, I, I don't necessarily feel great about my future connected to, and, and no disrespect to any of the other schools, but the, the fact of the matter is you just lost two blue bloods of the sport. And trying to, to do anything with this league in terms of staying with the teams that are still here and adding potentially group of five teams to me would not be the, the right strategy. No, I, I, I just, I don't see any future for the big 12. There's, there's no way. I don't think 
in any long-term scenario you can project that out to be. And I, I would argue that of the eight teams left in the Big 12, that Oklahoma State, I think, is probably your marquee, your marquee product. I, for me, it would be Oklahoma State and it would be Baylor, um, well ahead of, of Kansas basketball. Um, that are your two marquee products, and, and no offense to either one of those schools. I think they're very good complementary assets in a in a league, but they cannot be your flag bearers. Not if you want to make money at the at the rate that you're going to have to to sell TV contracts and all those kinds of things. So I just don't I just don't see any survival of the Big Twelve. You can't convince me that adding a Central Florida or a Memphis or a Cincinnati is going to do anything but put lipstick on a pig. I think you have to, at this point, begin to look out for number one. And if I'm Chad Weiberg, I'm making phone calls to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC and seeing if we can't try to figure out something that makes sense for all parties. And um, it's probably not going to be just Oklahoma State that would be involved in those transactions. And so if you're right and this thing's headed towards 16-team super conferences or something along those lines, you just have to find where you might fit in best. You're going to have to pitch them why that they ought to open up their pocketbooks and, and be invested in your program as well. I think Oklahoma State does have plenty to sell. They have plenty to sell. Um, they're not OU in Texas, that's for sure. They're a, a step down from there. But I think it's still a, a top um, product in, in football, basketball, trying to win in baseball, the other ancillary sports that I know that, that don't make money and, and don't matter in this kind of negotiation. But you're going to have to make a sales pitch to one of those leagues because there's, there's really no future at this point for the Big 12. I just don't see it. I've, I've had people say that, that the ACC doesn't make a lot of sense, that the Pac-12 would be a terrible fit, and regardless of, of whether or not those things are true or not, uh, to me, it, it, that that's irrelevant. I mean, you're in a bad situation, yeah. you know, for reasons outside of your control, but you have to take the right steps to try and correct the yeah. course. And I think if if you feel like the Pac-12 isn't a good fit and you don't want to go to the Pac-12 because of that reason uh, versus staying in a conference that's, I mean, for the most part, been a joke in terms of college football over the last five years, and we've started to see that that curve back in the right direction uh, in the last, like, maybe year and a half or so, but still, I mean, it's been the joke of college football for the last five years, and you just lost the two flag bearers of that league. I can't imagine that the reputation of this league, no matter who you bring in, is, is going to be good. I mean, it's... No matter what you accomplish in this league, nobody is going to view that as favorable. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, for me, as we're looking forward and kind of projecting what Oklahoma State might do, and this is this is what this is what I would pitch. And and I actually think there's a pretty good fit to be had with the Pac-12. I really do. Um, and I think that, I agree. Uh, and I think that um, some of these schools especially if we're going to 16 teams. And if let's just say we're doing a four pod system that's been talked about in the SEC, or, or you could go eight and eight in a, in a North and South kind of a, kind of a thing. But if you could match with the PAC 12 with, I actually think Baylor is, is valuable. I know a lot of people look at them and they go, yeah, they're a little small prizes. I think they're super valuable. They just won the national championship in basketball. Been one of the best teams in college football over the last 10 years made enormous investments in football and basketball and facilities wise. Um, I think they're a very good asset. Um, 
And TCU and Texas Tech. I, I would actually make the pitch with the, the three Texas schools in Oklahoma State that um, we can help your league in a lot of ways. And one of those is, is actually very simple, and it's one of the Pac-12's biggest problems, is that they don't play in a real time zone. I mean, they don't, Colby. You turn on Pac-12 football, it's on at night. Right. People forget about the Pac-12. Yeah. Pac-12 is losing money on these TV deals. The Pac-12 network is losing money. They need to be on television in a real time when people can watch. And I actually think having those three Texas schools in Oklahoma State makes a ton of sense as far as that goes. If you want to go with the pod, you know, you can have – those the Oklahoma schools and the or the Oklahoma school and the Texas schools play each other as far as that goes. If it's the eight schools, you almost get back to the original pack uh, pack eight um, playing the eight schools that have come in since. And so the Pac twelve gets to keep a lot of their tradition as far as the history of this conference. And so to me, that's actually a pretty good selling point that might make some sense, might help their TV revenue might get them in markets that they've never imagined being. Um, and as far as Texas goes and, and Oklahoma. And so I think that's what I would do if I were Chad Weiberg or, or the Baylor athletic director, that's, that's the pitch that I would make. Yeah, I I'm with you. And, and I think there's, you know, there's always been this idea that if, if we got to super conferences, one of the power five conferences is going to be dissolved. I always throughout the entire time, this has been a conversation thought the big 12 would be the one that would dissolve. They were the most likely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I think when you start looking at how this thing could play out, you have to consider the power play that's at stake as well, because for as much as you can, you can ask the question like, would the PAC 12 really want to add more teams and, and all these other questions you want to talk about money Power plays a role here, especially if we're talking about forecasting super conferences to the point that when you look at the SEC and what they were able to gain, there's already these hints that the SEC is at odds with the NCAA and Greg Sankey's kind of hinted toward them saying, you know what, we don't need to abide by your rules. We can do whatever the hell we want to do because we have all these football powers already in our conference. When you gain an Oklahoma and a Texas Again, you've just gained one more power, and I think it becomes a power play for conferences to start grabbing the teams that they can grab to give themselves a little bit more flexibility down the line. I think that's exactly right. And you know who gets swept up, and, and I've seen some things coming out of Los Angeles. And look, you're going to get plenty of highbrow L.A., San Francisco riders <laughs> saying, we don't need anybody from local Yokel, Oklahoma, and yeah. Texas. And, and that, that may be what they think. But again, the Pac-12 is, is not on par with the rest of college football as far as their TV deals, their revenue, their um, network is failing. They, their standing pack doesn't make them stronger. It doesn't make them more money. So regardless of what anybody in Los Angeles or San Francisco wants to write about, I think they're going to have to make moves to keep up with the rest of college football because the ACC, I think, will take West Virginia. That just makes all the sense in the world. So they'll be at 16. The SEC will be at 16. Um, the Big Ten is already at 14. I think they'll move pretty quickly, and, and it does make sense for me that Kansas and um, Iowa State probably – 
would be a part of that deal. Right. And I just don't, I don't think if you're the Pac-12, you're just going to go, well, you guys can have your 16 and, and we're going to stay at 12. And that's how we're going to try to compete with you. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Now, they're probably not in love with the idea of being in Oklahoma and Texas. That's, that's not how they imagine this thing either. Right. But, but that's where we are. And I think from a fit standpoint, how you manipulate the league and whether it's pods or uh, conferences or divisions, um, that seems to make the most sense. And again, I think you are talking still about good brands. Not big time brands, not right. blue blood brands, but 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 good brands that are available. And if you wait, then all of a sudden you you might get stuck with um, with Boise or San Diego, and and I don't think that's what they want to do either. So I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I am still pretty optimistic that Oklahoma State finds uh, a soft place to land, but again, I, that's it's not guaranteed. And the alternative of being in a conference with Houston and Cincinnati or Tulane or whatever. That, that is a total catastrophe. I made the joke on Twitter, something along the lines of, uh, why not add SMU and Houston? They can show you the ropes <laughs> of what being a group of five team is like. Because that's, I think, yeah. and again, this is not a disrespectful thing to the schools that remain, but I think the perception of this league is already not good. To lose those schools, anybody that thinks your perception is going to be high is out of their mind. So, like, and and the other thing I would I would want to get your opinion on and throw out is, yes, we're kind of in line for this like new twelve team playoff. I I don't know how that will be impacted by this conference realignment. I would I would venture to say, given everything we've heard Greg Sankey say in the last two weeks, and now once again gaining enormous power with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, that if you assume that the 12-team model that was thrown out before is absolutely going to be the model, I, I think once again, you're insane. I mean, th- there are so many moving parts here to just think that if you're Oklahoma State, you could stay in the Big 12, add a couple of group of five teams, and just win your conference every year and make it to the playoff. Is That's taking for granted the fact that the landscape isn't going to drastically change just in terms of the playoff itself. No, that's right. Um, that would be a group of five conference. I mean, that, let's just let's just be clear. The Big 12 would, would go to a group of – it'd be the group of six at that point, you know? There'd be four power conferences, and then the Big 12 would be there with the American and the Mountain West. That's just that's just the reality. So that's not viable. It's not viable at all if they want to compete at the highest levels like I know they do. And, and, really, and really, they do at, um, at just about everything, including football, where they've been as good as most teams in the country not named Oklahoma um, over the last decade or so. So... Um, staying in the Big 12 is just its just not an option. And they, nobody can bail on it until they have alternatives. So they have to stay together to some degree. They're probably going to have to play a couple of years with Oklahoma and Texas. How uncomfortable will that be? <laughs> um, but they're going to have to say all the right things. And then behind the scenes, you're going to have to figure out a better option because staying in the Big 12 is not a good enough one. There, there are rumors that Kansas is already uh... – planning on meeting with the Big Ten. And and look, I, I would just say for, for this to even have a chance at survival, and I think survival rate is very low, uh, you would have to keep the remaining schools together anyway. But if you're Kansas, you stink at football. Why would you not take the first opportunity to land in another conference that, that's going to, to extend an invite? 
Sure. And, and if you remember back to what, 11 or 10 or 11 or 12, whenever we did this before, um, Kansas was just about left at the doorstep. You know, they were yeah. just about left at the altar, yeah. if you remember then. So they need to be proactive and they ought to be proactive. And their football is such an embarrassment that their basketball almost doesn't matter. I think their basketball is going to save them because it's so elite and it's so blue blood that it will save them. Now, in the Big Ten, obviously, geographically, that, that makes the most sense. I think that's probably where they'll land. And let's be honest, all the coaches in the Big Ten cannot wait to sign up to play Kansas every year. Absolutely. Let's, I mean, you know, I cannot wait to play Kansas. Um, Basketball-wise, they obviously fit better in the ACC. It would be tremendous for the ACC to have a Kansas where you get Duke and North Carolina and, and Kansas. That would be outstanding with Syracuse. But I think it's probably the Big Ten. So it makes sense. It makes sense for Kansas. And so I, I assume that um, Kansas wants it out there that they're meeting with the Big Ten. They want that public. That's why a reporter got that. Um, I don't think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State really really work that way. Uh, I don't think you're going to hear public conversations about anything until something is, is in the, the real works. But um, I would expect all these all these schools to be looking out for number one at this point. I, I just – Everybody knows this is a dying breed. We got to make our own decisions. Absolutely, um, I, I have a lot of opinions on on how all these conferences should be reshuffled and the whole format and all that good stuff. Uh, if given the preference, though, what in order? Where would you want to see Oklahoma State go? In order, I would say. Um, in order, I would say the Big Ten um, one and the Pac-12 to in the ACC three. Um, I, I don't, I mean, look, I, they're not getting invited to the SEC. So let's just, I, I, I didn't mention them. It doesn't matter. They're not getting an invite. So they're not getting an invite to the Big Ten either, I don't think. But I, to me, in terms of geography and who you would play against, yeah. that makes the most sense uh, because I think the Big Ten, if you were in the Big Ten, it'd probably be with Kansas. And so it'd be Oklahoma State, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, um, you know, Minnesota, I, that geographically makes the most sense. Um, and then the Pac-12, and we've talked plenty about them. But uh, it, it appears to me, I think the Pac-12 is the best option. The ACC doesn't seem super realistic. And my gosh, you'd be the uh, you'd be the West Virginia. And I don't think that's where you want to be either. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you'd be, right. you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be out by yourself. Yeah, basketball would be awesome, though, for sure. Basketball would be that's going to be great the yeah. way Mike Boynton has it going. And uh, those would be really great. Uh, do you want Bedlam to continue? I mean, sure. I'd love to see Bedlam continue. If I'm Chad Weiberg and Oklahoma State, I'd give him the finger and I'd, I'd never play him again. Now, I'm just being really honest. Right. I, I, would never, I would never play them again. Give him the finger, never play him again. You could have played us. You didn't want to play us. And now you want your cake and eat it too. No chance. Um, there's just, there's no motivation for Oklahoma state to play that game. Uh, I mean, look, if they're going to go to whatever league, you have to schedule your non-conference games accordingly, strategically anyways. I mean, you want to play good opponents, but you want to play opponents that you have, have a pretty good chance to beat as as well. And we know the history of, of the Bedlam rivalries football, right? I don't think Oklahoma state wants that game on their schedule every year. Um, especially in a, a non-conference situation, I, I just I would give them the finger. I would never play them again, 
And to me, if they're playing Bedlam football anytime in the next 10, 15, 20 years, it's because the Oklahoma State Athletic Department is in such financial need that they will take OU's money to play them. And if that's the case, then it's a really, really sad day. But I wouldn't play it. There's no way. Nice. Good would stuff, my friend. Um, n- no, I think I would uh, I would do what you did or, or what you threw out there. Um, yeah. yeah. No chance. Right. No chance. And, and let me add this as far as Bedlam goes. I think... And that's just from a business standpoint, right? Like, it's just... That's not a... Well, I mean, I think no, that, that's it, a personal thing, too. But, like, it makes... <laughs> yeah. Like, from a business standpoint, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I, I, from a business standpoint, it makes the most sense. From a personal standpoint, <laughs> um, you know, F them. Um, and then I, I do think there is an opportunity for Oklahoma State here in a realignment situation if they fall into a good spot that you kind of get out from under the shadow. You can sort of make your own way in, in such a way where you weren't able to do that playing in the same league with one of the two or three most powerful football programs in the history of college football. There's just right. Oklahoma State over the last 15 years has had the most success in the history of the school. They've had almost as much success as anyone in the country, but nobody cares because they're not Oklahoma. Right. And so if you, if you go somewhere different, you don't play them every year. You're not, you're not compared to them in such a way, the same way as you are right now. You might have an opportunity to really break through in ways that you haven't done that yet. So, no, I wouldn't play Oklahoma for business and for personal, but I'd give them the finger. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I threw this scenario out the other day. Just as, as a media person evaluating this thing, how cool would it be on a Saturday, for example, to have LSU and Norman, and then later that day, like USC is in Stillwater, and look, we could be having the conversation for both teams, like they're they're – playing a game to potentially be in first place of their division and it doesn't one one's game doesn't have to impact the other ones. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I think that uh, that would be a ton of fun. Well, it, it would be, and um, it would be different. And, you know, the statements we got from, uh, from OU and Texas and, and the big 12 and Oklahoma state, I, everybody basically acknowledges we're in a wild, wild West unique time in the history of college sports and college football. And we don't really know what it's going to look like. And um, you're going to have new opponents and you're going to create some new things. And, you know, having USC on the schedule sounds pretty fun, even though you wouldn't play them every year. That sounds, that sounds pretty fun and different. And I hope that's what we get, because like I said, the alternative for Oklahoma state is, is really, is really bad. And um, I, I understand why people are nervous in Stillwater. I mean, there's a reason they're nervous in Stillwater. Nothing's guaranteed at this point. Right. And so see how it shakes out. But, but that's my hope. I, uh, I'd like, I think the Pac-12 would be pretty cool. Good stuff, my friend. He is Brian Keating, sports director at KOCO Channel 5. We will catch up again soon, buddy. All right, man. Thanks. I am joined by Jeremy Poplin, sideline for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane and 1170 AM in Tulsa. Uh, Jeremy, wild few days. Uh, it's been a bit of a uh, a bit of a wild ride. And all of a sudden, as the dust kind of settles, if you will, um, we're left with a lot of questions. And I think there are a lot of ways to look at this thing. Certainly, I, I think the main thing people have focused on is OU and Texas and the SEC part. But uh I want to bring up a few different conversations with you, and I want to start with really 
the power structure of college football and how this move impacts that? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I think it changes everything uh, from a from a power structure standpoint. I mean, there's there's no doubt. Uh, uh, what I saw it put on Twitter today, and I had a laugh. I think it was Bill Conley who said, "You know, those that are already in power in college football, they have the equivalency of the red button." But the but the thought process is, is that you have that power, but you're never actually supposed to use that power and hit the red button, and that's exactly what. Oklahoma and, and Texas have done. I guess mainly you should put Texas first on that. That might irritate some people that are listening to this from the Oklahoma perspective. But from what we know, it seems like Texas was kind of leading the way, and Oklahoma was like, "Yeah, sure, let's let's do that." Um, but I, I mean, does college football ever look the same again after a move like this? I, I really don't think so. And everything that we've been talking about for. 10 to 15 years on conference realignment, just when we thought, I don't know if you could ever think that it was truly done, but the seismic shift now that moves towards what we had all mentioned about, because I think, I think you can throw in, can you not, the, the idea of at some point separating themselves from the NCAA, you know, the, the super conferences that we've all talked about, all that stuff is still on the table, right? And if these two actually do this, which all signs point towards, yes, if this happens, then doesn't this cause the first real shift towards the NCAA being worried uh, and and just how you have completely stacked the deck in a conference now where, I mean, hell, their slogan is it just means more, where it really does <laughs> now all the way from, from Oklahoma all the way to the East Coast. I yeah. mean, I, I can't think of just a more just murderer's row uh, of just absolute assassins week after week after week and then you add these two to the mix there's there's no doubt in my in, in my mind that this has changed everything from that perspective the the SEC has obviously been the power of college football for for the last decade basically and we've seen that power basically increase year after year after year with all the success they've had and i feel like it's been building toward this SEC versus NCAA like ultimate battle at some point where these yep. two are just going to have this face off and somebody is going to be declared the winner and the other one is probably going to drop dead. And look, I think even as far back as what, like five or six days ago, Greg Sankey was was saying things that kind of gave us the impression that like at some point the SEC may just look at the NCAA and say, you know what, you go do whatever the hell you want to do. We're going to do our thing because we have, you know, six or seven of the biggest brands in all of college football. And if we want to determine our own national champion throughout our own conference, we can do that. And we'll get just as many viewers as anything you want to try to do. So I felt like it's been building in that way anyway. And then all of a sudden you add two of the two blue bloods of the sport, Oklahoma and Texas, to your arsenal. I think the the power has massively switched in, in the structure of this sport. And I, I think what you have to look at this from the perspective now, if you're somebody that's not affiliated with the SEC, is, you know, what moves do we have to make to ensure our future? Because, again, you can you can side with the NCAA, but if the SEC says you know, we want this other way or we're doing our own thing. I don't know how you, as somebody that's on the outside, decides to, to side with the other side of that. Yeah, and to me, I, I was thinking about it in terms of, 
uh, for some reason, everything always goes back to wrestling for me. But WCW back in the day had the saying was, WCW, this is where the big boys play. And this is finally the SEC, who, as you mentioned before, has been kind of running things anyway. Um, this is kind of their moment where they're announcing to everyone like, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're living by this. This is us. And, and those comments by Sankey, it's interesting that you say that. You know, to me, I give more credence to those comments now, knowing that he was hiding this under his hat. You know, he had the ultimate trump card in his back pocket and knowing that we're getting closer with Texas and Oklahoma to completely change the dynamic. And you're right. It's almost like, hey, well, you know, if you don't like this, you know, you can go and pound sand. We'll do our own thing. And there's really not that much you can do about it. And I, when I think about terms of legacy, you know, think he's got some pretty big shoes to fill anyway from a commissioner's standpoint. But what better way to submit your legacy into it? And I, I try to make this point all the time. Uh, I know in the media landscape, it's not always great to be first. But sometimes when it's something that is massive like this to be the first one, you want to be that leader and then to see who else gets in line behind you. Don't tell me that an ego aspect doesn't play into this because right. that's, I mean, that's all that conference is known for. Then you have a, you know, a commissioner that says, well, somebody's got to walk out there and, and take this opportunity. And I think that's what the SEC just did. And everyone else now, it's, it's shifted into, uh, you got to do what's best to save your own backside at this point. So, yeah, I, I think you bring up some great points. And a lot of those comments at first were kind of like, you did this. Hmm, that's intriguing. <laughs> now it yeah. makes so much more sense with everything that was said, knowing that. I feel like there's also this perspective of like, let's, let's operate based on this new 12 team playoff that's coming. And I also think that's insane because again, for everything we just talked about, I, I don't, I mean, maybe it still goes that way, but I, I think if you're not anticipating that, that may not be the path that is taken. Um, I, I still think all of that is very much up in the air with this move. Yeah, I'm with you, though. Um, I do go back to, you know, previous comments that were said, and, and it makes it makes even more sense now why they, why seemingly we went uh, even quicker from, okay, well, what about six? All right, yeah, six sounds good, but you know what? It would be even better. It would be better if we did 12. And if they, they knew that they were getting close with these conversations, that makes so much sense now. Now, you're right. There's a long way to go. And up in that, uh, and that process is still kind of up in the air. But from an Oklahoma and even Texas perspective, I don't think that you you still clearly look at making this move. But kind of what enticed them a little bit more was knowing that eventually the twelve matters to them. You know, because you can you now it's like they've got it in their back pocket. They know that chances are you lose two games in the Big Twelve. No one's even going to look at you. Uh, any other way, but you do this in that conference, lose two games, which could become perennial. I think everyone needs to kind of wrap their minds around that now about how everyone gets upset about you losing one or two games, but you just up the stakes even more. So it changes the perspective on so many things, but the 12 in the playoff looms large right now in order for them to make this move. And I think also too, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think to kind of, make it a little bit more comfortable for the fans as well to know that, all right, yeah, all right. So if we change our perspective, we've still got to know that we're ultimately good when it comes to playing for championships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, when you look at this from the Big 12 schools that uh, that remain and, and their perspective on what's next, 
I'm of the opinion that uh, there is no Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I, I guess there could be, but it's not the same conference. It doesn't have the same amount of weight. I, I think to be considered a Power 5 conference, you are what your blue bloods are. And if you don't have a blue blood, I, I don't know that you still fit that same description. Um, and, and again, that's that's not a negative necessarily toward any of the remaining schools. That's just the reality. Oklahoma State hasn't won a national championship. Kansas State is not a national champion. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. there is a, whether people like it or not, a lot of college football is about perspective. And the perspective of what would remain if whether it's just the eight teams or you add somebody else, I don't think that's going to be a very strong perspective. I don't either. And that's why I think from earlier today, what did we see the report coming out of Kansas about potentially trying to set up a meeting with, with the big 10, every single last school that's left in this conference should have been on the phone, been on the horn immediately trying to double check on what potentially was next for them. Because I'm with you as much as, Grown up and raised here, and you know, grew up uh, on the you know the last lasting image of the Big A conference, and then what moved into the Big Twelve. It still holds a place for me in my heart, but I mean, the writing's on the wall. This thing is is donezo, and I they went through that that song and dance a few years ago where they were essentially saying, "Hey, you know, let's check out your resume, Houston. Let's uh, let's see what you right. got to offer SMU. Right. Hey." Cincinnati, and we thought that Cincinnati was close and then ultimately decided against it. So uh, there's a reason why they didn't go with them in the past, and I still think that that reason exists today. It doesn't make sense. I read a quote from um, one of the athletic directors earlier who wanted to remain anonymous who basically said the same thing, which was, yeah, that's, we're, this isn't a knock to the Cincinnati's of the world, but a Cincinnati and a Memphis and hey, man, I'm pro-American conference all the way, uh, just because of my work through University right. of Tulsa. Right. But but I've also I've also grown to enjoy the conference. I think it's a really good fit for for Tulsa, uh, and I do like the conference. So this isn't you know throwing any any dirt on them. It, they just are who they are. A Memphis Cincinnati doesn't really do it, and and I don't really think that any of the athletic directors in this conference are really keen on doing that anyway. If that's ultimately what it comes down to to survival, I think they'll probably do that, try to do something like that. But um, I, I just ultimately think, like you do, that one of the other larger conference, you know, has to start absorbing some of these teams, whether it's the Pac-12, whether it's the ACC, who knows what the big ten on this. Right. And there, there are a couple of schools I just don't know, but, but man, I don't really know how you can move forward when the, when the TV execs didn't want to renew or try to go back and renegotiate the contract anyway with a Texas and Oklahoma from a few months ago. Remember that story out of Lubbock? Yeah. What makes you think that that's going to be viable moving forward without those two? I just, I don't see it no matter what. You, you made a great point about the American Conference, and I think just looking at it from the perspective of college football being about the haves versus the have-nots, um, not, not saying that, that the Cincinnati's of the world ha- have been Alabama's, but you've seen firsthand like how difficult it is to get the rest of the country to believe oh, that a football God. team is a really good football team if they haven't beaten one of the haves along the way. Dude, UCF had to win, <laughs> I, I, and I make this point all the time. UCF had to win 
20 something plus games in a row before finally they were like, eh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we should think about giving them a chance. They won 20, I think it's like 26 games in a row. And still they were like, nah, that's cute. We like you. And I, brick by brick, all they've done is build that program. It's, a, it's, you know, TCU, the same thing. I kind of really feel bad for TCU and what they've done in Oklahoma State. But from the American perspective, you're 100% right. Um, I just, I, I don't think that they are any type of viable option to there. And just because they automatically jump. And from what I understand, I may be wrong on this, but I still think that the Big 12 would keep kind of um, their uh, status even if Oklahoma and, and the Texas were to leave. But, you know, so so what now? Just because you're going to tell me that UCF is magically different now just because the Big 12, who just lost their, their two biggest programs, now suddenly becomes like, oh, well, they lost one game. Now they should be included in the playoff. I really don't think that it works that way because it is about the perception. No matter how much that Cincinnati and UCF and schools like that have gone on to try to change it, Houston in the past, um, it's a really difficult spot for them. And, too, think about this. If you're UCF right now, the last thing that I want to do is is really kind of be greedy. And I know it's, it's difficult because you don't want to feel like that you get left out right now. But if, if I'm UCF and the Big 12 calls me, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I think I'm going to wait for the ACC call, honestly. It just makes that much more sense because at some point they're going to get it. I don't know if it's going to be right now, but um, – and schools are going to have to kind of weigh that right now, what's best for them. If you are the Pac-12, if you're the Big Ten, if you're the ACC, do you feel the pressure to strengthen your league? <laughs> uh, I think the Pac-12, the Big Ten, as much as we want to talk about the SEC arrogance, I mean, come on. I mean, the Big Ten kind of just reeks <laughs> of that too. So uh, I think that they do. I think the Pac-12, well, you know, they've got a new, a new. How'd you like to be the new commissioner for the Pac-12 right now? Oh, and the ACC has a new commissioner too. So, like, hey, welcome to your new gig. You've got to deal with all this nonsense. Um, I think I, I would put the Pac-12 more so over the Big Ten, uh, and that's more of a. I hate to well, say because they're they're at the bottom thing. anyway, right? Of I mean, yeah, of the power they, they conferences, are. they're already at the bottom, yeah. Right, and I don't want to say survival because I don't think that that's the case. And and the Big Ten has already shown that they're going to be proactive rather than reactive anyway. So maybe for the very first time, this is actually you know the Pac-12 actually saying, all right, well we can do something since Texas kind of screwed us last time. Um, you know, we we didn't really get to finish this off last time. We're not getting everyone that we want, but but maybe so. Uh, and then the Big Ten, I think, I. I guess you could, I, I would label it as the Big Ten can afford to be more picky, and they can they they, they can have they have more options as far as who they want to choose right now than compared to the Pac-12. If you are Oklahoma State, your next move is what? I thought about this all day, and I I know why they feel like that. They are just you know, they're probably angry and, and befuddled about it. But I, I does the the academic thing to me plays pretty big with the Big Ten. So there which goes back to my point about them being a little bit more choosy. 
But if I'm Oklahoma State, I, I don't know what option there is right now as far as the future of a Big 12 conference. But if the Pac if the Pac twelve is calling, I'm I'm all ears, man. If you can connect me with the with regionally with the TCUs of the world, uh, you know Baylor. Uh, even if you have politicians that are trying to pull their things in Texas right now, if you can guarantee me kind of a regional aspect of teams here, then I would be all for it. And then we can try to work out the bedlam thing for non conference later on. But that that to me right now would probably be the the better move because I just academically, I don't think that the Big Ten would be interested in them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think if you can if you can pull together TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State to uh, kind of, you know, regionally add like a Southern conference or division to uh, yeah. like Arizona and Arizona State, that, would, uh, that yep. would probably be the best option. Yeah. And it's, and it's going to be weird. It's going to be take a while to get used to. But um, outside of that, you just kind of hope that the ACC calls and, and says something. But, I mean, if you if you had your choice, would you prefer the Pac-12 over the ACC right now from an Oklahoma State perspective? Probably so. I, I Yeah. I think I would. Yeah, I think I would too. Right now, uh, and and maybe maybe that offer will come. I know the ACC still thinks that they have a shot at at Texas and Oklahoma, but clearly that's not going to happen. But yeah, I just I, I don't think that there are many logical answers right now for a lot of athletic departments that are left over uh, in in the Big Eight. And <laughs> as much as I laugh at someone saying, "Hey, you just you know rebrand as the Big Eight," hey man, you're gonna <laughs> You're going to run into the same problems that you that you have right now, anyway. Yeah. So you're just you're kicking the can down the road at that point, for sure. Um, last thing, and I'll let you run. Impact on Group of Five conferences and Group of Five schools from all this. I think everyone in this region should. Uh, I tweeted this earlier. Buckle up, no matter what school that you are in this region, because it all it, it the waves are going to reach you at some point. Um, I, I just think that even if you're, even if you're the North Texas's of the world, uh, depending on what happens and if the big 12 decides, Hey, you know what? We want to start picking schools left and right. You know, so the American schools are probably the first up. So, you know, they would get the call and then, you know, at some point the American has to make replacements and I'm, I'm sure that North Texas would be included in one of those, the Louisiana's of the world. So, Whatever conference they leave, guess what? They've got to find a replacement or or shrivel up and die. Um, so I think everyone right now is on on high alert about the potential changes that are coming. And I I know everyone just wants to focus on Texas and Oklahoma, rightfully so. But that's what I meant earlier about because I think the changing dynamic within within yeah. the sport itself, power brokers or not. Uh, everything changes with this to me. Uh, so, so yeah. If I'm, you know, if I'm University of Tulsa, I'm, I'm, I'm worried right now about what's going to happen next. So basically, every, there are 130 presidents and athletic directors across the country that are canceling dinner plans tonight because they have to have emergency <laughs> meetings. Uh, honey, I know we have this plan <laughs> for a while, and I know it's our anniversary, but no, 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 don't kill me. But I've got to get yeah. this done. There's probably a lot of that right now. Yeah, can you uh, can you order a couple pizzas and have them delivered to the athletic department? We are uh, we're going to be up late. 
We are going to be up late for sure, and I don't think that there are any options that are off the table right now, honestly. Wow. It's wild, man. College football, always changing, but specifically in the last 72 hours, it has been on the fast track. Jeremy Poplin, sideline for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Uh, final thoughts? I was just going to say, and they kept it quiet. And they kept it quiet. It's incredible. It's 2021, and they kept it quiet, man. It's so... It, it, like everyone was caught completely off guard outside of those that knew what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, I, I mean, just that, what that, I thought that college sports couldn't pull one over on me. I'll be damned if they did. <laughs> wow, that's great. <laughs> I, I now know there are two people that uh, in the state of Oklahoma that probably keep better secrets than anybody in the country, and their names are Josie and Sam Presti. Uh, yes. Absolutely to the top of the table. Now now I know who I can trust all the super secrets with. Yep. And those two are the first ones that yep. come to they've, mind. They've got the uh the super vaults. So good stuff, my friend. Enjoy Indeed. the weekend and uh we'll catch up again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay.